Hey contractors, welcome to the Contractor's Playbook. I'm your host, Michael Gogan, and on this podcast, we will be talking with experts in the industry and getting real about their failures, successes, and lessons learned. I'll be joined in studio by our producer, Isaac Moore. <laughs> that was a unique conversation, Isaac. It, it was a fun one. I missed having you in studio here, but hopefully <laughs> hopefully the headphones were working and, and you were able to listen to that. This is... Um, it's always fun having people in studio and something I yeah. want to do more of. Uh, but man, there's there's so many little nuggets in this that I, I could have honestly talked to these guys for, for hours just talking about that customer journey and customer experience yeah. and how important it is to invest just a little bit more time in every single client that you have yeah. um, and just so many little nuggets. Um, great guys. I. I w- I'm thinking this is honestly one of the best episodes we've ever recorded. Yeah. I mean, and that pays off to have people come in the studio too. It's fun, even for me from a producer standpoint, to see uh, real faces in person, get them on the mics here in our studio and our new space. So uh, yeah, great content with this one. This is going to be a good one for all of you to enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and jump in, guys. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Contractor's Playbook. We've got an awesome episode today. We... uh we miss him, but we, we ran out of room here in studio, so we had to kick kick the producer out. So Isaac isn't with us, but we've got our friends um, from Inc. We've got Ryan and Ken from Inc., um, and they are in studio with us. So um, in the days of COVID, guys, this is a rare thing for us, uh, but something we want to start doing more. So we've got Inc. payments in the house, um, and guys, you guys are, in my opinion, you're cutting-edge technology that really helps with that contractor and customer journey, customer experience. Um, before we dive into talking about customer experience, customer journey, just give me the quick elevator pitch of what Inc. Payments is so that our listeners kind of have an idea of, of who we're talking to today. Sure. Thanks for having us on, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, it is good to be out and doing these sorts of things in person and not on a Zoom call. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, Ink Payments is a uh, platform that helps restoration contractors get access to um, those insurance proceeds faster, more efficiently. Um, whether all the funds are going to the contractor or maybe some of it's going back to the insured, um, and every touch point in between, including the mortgage company, as we all know, uh, they're involved in a lot of cases. But you know, we help that entire process from start to finish just be more seamless and uh, again, helping folks get paid faster. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is a unique interview for us because obviously company came, we're, we're servicing contractors. Um, you guys at Inc. Payments, you're servicing contractors. Um, but at the end of the day, our products add so much value to that contractor and client relationship that that's really where when I was talking to you guys before we went live and I was like, man, it doesn't matter the vertical that you're in. You guys obviously are experts in the storm restoration space. Um, but the same things that we constantly are seeing contractors just drop the ball on um, with that process with their customer, it doesn't matter the vertical. I don't care if you're in storm restoration, if you're in residing, if you're in concrete coatings, there's there's just some status quo things that if you do them, it's gonna make that process so much better. Yep. Um, one thing that really sticks out to me, and it, you know, it was you're talking about getting paid faster, speed to the money. Um, at the end of the day, these these storm restoration contractors are helping make 
property owners whole again. Sure. Um, and, and their ultimate goal is to get that done and a as good of job as possible, as quickly as possible, and for what they're rightfully owed. And if you think about that and you break it down to any contractor, the insurance carrier may not be a part of the equation, but at the end of the day, the rest of that recipe is the same. I want a good job and I want it done as quickly as possible. Um, and I want to know exactly what's happening throughout the process. How important is that communication piece when you are out working? I know you guys were on the road here lately, just visiting contractors. How much do you guys stress the communication aspect when you're working with contractors and saying, hey, you guys have to communicate these things to your clients? Right. Well, you know, the, the thing is, I mean, we came from this industry, right? So we're, we're all in it, Inc. Um, but, you know, Ken being a public adjuster and I, I used to be a contractor, communicating the process up front is, to me, to me the most important. Um, and I think we were just having that conversation this morning about uh, delivering uh, all the expectations right at the point of sale. Right. Doesn't matter if it's a restoration project. Doesn't matter if it's a retail project. Doesn't matter if you're a roofer, uh, uh, a painter. Doesn't matter what type of project you're doing, right, or any type of company. I think the uh, the experience from start to finish. And that's what it should be. It should be an experience. You know, you're not just there to fix some things. I know you, as a contractor, that's that's what their 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 head that's where their heads yeah, at. That's right. But um, <clears throat> talking through the what ifs, the process, and whatever type of job it is at the very beginning, and educating that customer, I think is um, gonna gonna make for a very smooth uh, transaction and a smooth project. Yeah, and I think too. We, we've talked about it a lot uh, lately about our customer journey. Um, and about the missed opportunities we have as a platform where we're not communicating um, really all that's going on in the background, right? Um, and I think, like Ryan was saying, that we get so focused on the solve um, that we miss the communication opportunities that exist in that solve. Um, and I feel like, uh, from a contracting standpoint, their head is, is and heart's in a really great place, right? They're trying to uh, you know, get that customer back to pre-loss conditions as quick as possible. Um, they're also trying to run their company, run their production, um, run their employees, run their finances, right? And so mm -hmm. um, they, the opportunity that they miss, I believe, is really bringing that homeowner along in that corporate journey, right? It, it's difficult um, when you're focusing on the day-to-day production and finding materials and, and employees and, and just that culture, um, you get stuck in that just that, you know, that day to day work um, versus really showing them all the uh, touch points that you guys have as a company or as a restoration company um, to actually do the work. Yep. Um, and, and it's just, it's hard to uh, quantify what that journey looks like and to, to, to allow them that visibility um, into that journey. Yeah, I love that. And so I actually want to draw um, our last guest that we had on the podcast um, was in the landscaping world and went from that kind of lack of bringing the customer along from the uh, for the journey and communication piece. And he was a churn and burn landscaper. He said, how many yards can I cut a day? Mm -hmm. And didn't didn't really bring the customer along for the journey, didn't give them that experience, didn't really set himself apart from anybody else. He was like, my goal is to go and get as many yards to cut a day as possible. And we're both very familiar with the roofing space. Like that's obviously where you guys play most of your ball. Right. 
there's so many roofers that are churn and burn, mm-hmm. churn and burn, churn yep. and burn. Um, and I'm going to use this analogy. Um, he now has a very select few of high-end clients works in only a couple neighborhoods and it's an experience and he makes that experience for the customer so great that they say, Hey, you guys, my neighbors, you, you should use these guys. They're awesome. Right. Um, and the restaurant restoration world, the contractor that comes to mind for me there, and there are great churn and burn guys. Don't get me wrong. There are great ones, but Eric Hunter at precision He's not a churn and burn guy. Like when you go and look at the jobs that they're doing, they're doing these super high end, really difficult jobs that they said, hey, we're going to just be great at that. Mm. That's what we're going to be great at. Um, for you guys, when you're working with contractors, some to dovetail into my next question, how do I as a contractor maybe get stuck or how do I get out of being stuck where I'm in the churn and burn game and I'm like, okay, I just got to get to the next door. I got to get the next lead that I can get through the door and we're going to try to close that thing. And we're just going to go on to the next one. How do I get my focus shifted from that to the co- the client first? And I'm going to make sure that this customer journey is great so that maybe it leads to more referrals. Like, you know, it, it kind of just becomes its own working machine. Have you seen contractors that have made that switch or do you have ideas that like, how do I get out of that rut of I just turn and burn versus let's make this a great experience? In, in, in my opinion, it really comes down to, um, it's funny, this is so so poetic because I think we're really focusing on um, our, our corporate culture um, and what, what our values are, not, not as a company, but also as individuals in that company mm-hmm. um, and really setting that culture um, day to day. And so I believe that's the start, right? And, and I think, you know, you're, when you're trying to build a company, it becomes a lot of times down to just resources and cash flow, mm-hmm. um, which I know that we help with. But at the same token, if you don't have a clear vision, a, a clear corporate structure, um, a passion, and, and maybe even a, sounds cheesy, but even a, um, a statement of, of your corporate culture, something that uh, ties you back to why you're doing what you're doing, um, it's going to be hard to really bring your customers along on that corporate journey as well. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, you, you you definitely have to uh, check your ego at the door. And we 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 were just, uh, in fact, I think on the car right here, talking about you know business owners um, being vulnerable and owning up to the weaknesses in their process and figuring out how to overcome them. And a lot of them, you know, are stuck in their ways. And you know, the, for the ones I I think that are you know, wanting to grow and, and wanting to change. It's really just a matter of being honest with yourself, being honest with your organization and, um, you know, figuring things out together where it may make more sense to uh, do things a different way or to, uh, you know, ex- explore uh, outside of the box, you know, and instead of thinking about just that job, you know, just, you know, what, how are the materials getting there? What day am I gonna be there doing the work? You know, what about what about your your progress reports to your clients, or mm. what about uh, you know everything leading up to the job, or um, what about after the job? You know, do you what are you going to do to to keep up with that customer afterwards? How how many people are really thinking about that stuff? And I think for me, that's that's the more fun thing to to, to think about, right? Is is uh, you know how am I gonna how am I gonna maximize the value out of this interaction 
with this customer who's willing to pay me for my services. And so, you know, I think it, I think for most folks, it just they they get to that that tipping point or that you know level of frustration that they can't deal with uh, doing things the way that they've always been been doing them. They finally say, you know what, I need a change, and they make a change. But um, I, I, you know, I, I would just encourage people to be open minded when it comes to. Uh, solving problems in business and, and generating more revenue because it, it's not about going out and knocking more doors or setting more appointments or uh, just trying to build more uh, jobs in, in a shorter period of time. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of easier ways to, uh, you know, catch those bees. Yeah, I think too, you, know, you also have to be willing to kind of almost step back and, and, and be introspective of, of where you are and what you are, right? And sometimes that may take a slowdown approach to growth, um, which is never, you know, kind of a, the corporate way to think. Um, but, uh, you know, we've spoken with a lot of guys who um, didn't really slow down in growth this year, but reached a pinnacle in the last couple of years. And now they're really wanting to take their company to a new level from a barrier standpoint. And so what they've done is really invested in that corporate structure, um, that, that uh, buy-in. Um, and then now the, the table is set moving forward into next season where they're going to be able to reach that, you know, from 15 million to 20 million or 10 to 15, whereas they've been kind of stagnant um, the last couple of years. And so I think just having that investment um, and that is, is big. And then, you know, you know, just as well as anybody, um, what's the most exciting uh, part of our industry really is how tech has grown. Um, right. I mean, I, I remember the first time we met, I think it was in 2018 in, in NOLA, um, New Orleans um, IRE, that the tech pavilion was quite small. Yep. Um, and now every time we go to a new conference, um, the tech pavilion is growing leaps and bounds. And so I think that kind of goes back to what Ryan was saying is just being uh, nimble and being open to um, other ideas that, that may not only add to your corporate culture, um, but things that you can share. Like, I mean, you guys add so much value with the photo reporting um, that, you know, it's very simple and easy to add that value back to the homeowner. Yeah. So one thing that I took from both your answers there that I want to dive a little deeper in is, and, and I, I'm a firm believer in this, but it's adding value to the homeowner and uh, the buzzword that, I, I hate buzzwords except for if you can expand upon them and we, I can expand upon this one for us, but it is raving fan. And so like you, you talked to Ken about, you know, having that mission and even writing it down like, Hey, this is what we stand for. This is our goal. And I think that if as a contractor, you make your goals around what can we do for our clients that is going to make them raving fans is going to make sure that they understand how quality our workmanship is the revenue is going to be a byproduct of that because we're going to create this buzz around our brand and the quality of work that we're doing. Um, but that's an, that's a difficult place to get to, mm -hmm. to where it's like, we're revenue first, we're revenue first. And I, I see it all the time. I mean, I'm extremely active in these social media groups and it's, I want to go from 3 million to 6 million next year. I want to double. Right. I want to go from five to 10. And those are, those are great goals to have, but how important is it in your guys' opinion to have those actionable steps that aren't just, I have to set more appointments, I have to, because you can always scale your workforce, 
and you, you know, you can always buy more leads or whatever, what you're doing, you know, you double down on your Facebook spend, whatever it is. Um, but if you're not taking time to foster that relationship and build raving fans, that's something you can never get back. So for you guys, how important is it that these contractors, like you said, slow down a little bit and maybe invest an extra 30 minutes into each closed lead that they have to make sure that the experience is great. I, I mean, I can tell you right now, and you, you brought up a, a perfect example about doubling down on your your Facebook spend or just buying more leads. It is really not that easy, is it? You can't just you know say, oh, I want to make more money. I'm just going to go get more leads. I don't think that, I, I feel like if it were actually that easy, that more contractors would be doing that, but that's not the case. Um, so you have to set yourself apart. Mm -hmm. You have to make an impact other than you know, the job that you're doing. And I hate to say that, but because back in the day, you know, if you, if you did a great job, you know, your, your, uh, your workmanship, your craft, that was your, your, basically your resume. That's how you got business. And so, you know, nowadays there's so many options out there and, you know, in the roofing industry, I mean, how many roofing companies are, it's ridiculous. So just because you know how to put on a roof, what makes you think that, you're going to get a bunch of customers because you're great at putting on a roof. Yeah. I think too, like uh, Jared Yellen is a really good um, uh, marketing guy. And uh, he says, um, if you're doing me too advertising, um, you're losing. And me too advertising is like, you're talking to a buddy and he's at a different roofing contractor and he's like, Hey, you know, are you, I'm doing internet sales. Oh yeah, me too. Are you an SEO? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing SEO too. And it's like everything he's doing, it's just me too advertising, right? And so you've got to think outside the box from me too advertising. And so, you know, that's only going to get you status quo. And, you know, the best way, you know, to topic is to, is to really reinvest into not only your process, but then how that process is visual to, to your end user. And, you know, a lot of, as a PA, as a public adjuster um, by trade, you know, a lot of homeowners ask me all the time about contractors. And they're like, you know, do you recommend a good contractor? And I was like, listen, do you know how to describe a good contractor? I was like, tell me what that means to you. And they're like, um, I don't know, like one that does a good job. And I'm like, well, you know, all contractors can nail shingles. All contractors can put up gutters, right? That's what they are as tradesmen. But a great contractor is one that communicates to you, that, that you leave a message to, and he calls you back within 24 hours. Um, if you have a problem, there's a way to, uh, to announce that problem or to communicate that problem. He's given you a way to be successful in your own build or be in part of as be part of your own build with giving you um, the tools to properly communicate to his team. And so, and then they properly communicate back to you, right? And so that's a great contractor in my book, um, one that is commutative and, and also can do the job. Great stuff here from Ryan and Ken with Inc. Payments on the customer journey. We're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back with more from the Contractor's Playbook. This episode of the Contractor's Playbook is brought to you by Company Cam. Company Cam brings documentation, communication, and liability protection together in one simple, easy-to-use app for you and your entire team. Take photos and videos, upload and scan documents, share custom reports, and even communicate and share progress with homeowners, all from your smartphone. Company Cam is the only app every contractor needs. Check it out at companycam.com or in your app store. We are back with Michael Gogan in the studio with Ryan and Ken from Inc. Payments. 
here's your host. I love that point, Ken, because I'm a homeowner. I, I don't come from the contracting world. And so I, I bring a unique perspective to this. I mean, I've been in the contracting world now for five years selling software. Um, but I'm st- I still think of a, as a homeowner. And so when, you know, what a great exercise to have contractors go through um, to just actually sit down with their clients and say, hey, we would love to get a review from you. We would love to know, in your opinion, you said it was a great job. What made it a great job? Dig deeper. Spend that extra time figuring that out because I can promise you that what the homeowners think is a great contractor or is a great job is not the same as what the the contractor is. You're right. Um, especially, yep. especially people that are working on HVAC, mechanical services, roofing, things that we as homeowners have no clue about. Yep. I mean, it hasn't rained yet. I don't know if they put a good roof on. Sure. You know, um, I've, I've shared this idea. I think I shared this idea with Ryan before. I've shared it with contractors before. You know, if I owned a roofing company, I'm contracting out with a local landscaper and I'm going to call up Mr. Jones when we're finishing that cleanup and say, hey, we did our double check. You know, there are, a, we took off X number thousand nails. Um, we hope we got every single one of them. We tried our best. Um, we're actually going to have Joe's Landscaping or Summit Lawns or whoever come out Thursday at two, they're going to just do a quick mow and, and edging. Um, does that work for you? And now you're going to find, you know, maybe there's a homeowner here and there that's like, oh, don't touch yeah. my yard. But the vast majority are going to be like, absolutely, that's great. Yeah. Um, and like now for me to tell that homeowner, hey, we did a great job, your roof's not going to leak. We, we We know that. That's what we say is a great contractor. But the homeowner says, well, how do I know they did a good job? They did a triple check. They brought a third party in to try to get any extra nails. They told us how set those expectations that we talked about at the very beginning of this conversation. They told us, yeah, they took out 5,000 nails, 3,000, whatever, you know, 1,000 nails that they pulled off. And they did everything in their power to get those picked up. Yeah, the value add there is huge. Yep. It's the little things that, but it comes back to that conversation. Like I have to communicate from the front end. But it's equally important to communicate on the back end and say, hey, how was your experience? It was great. What made it great? This isn't, we don't need this on Google. If you want to put this on Google, that's great. But we want to know what made that experience great so that the next time we can make sure that we're doing those things that you as a property owner say make the experience great versus what we as a contractor say. Yeah, we did a great job. Maybe we're 15 minutes late. We were maybe a little loud. We were maybe a little messy during the, you know, production, but we cleaned it up. Right. We did a great job. And the homeowner sitting there saying they were late, they were loud, they were messy. Like there was nothing about this that was good. And the contractor's like, yeah, that's the best roof I've ever installed. Right. And, and so I love that point, Ken, that like, you know, digging a little deeper and saying like, what are you looking for in a contractor? Right. And I think too, it's tough for, you know, obviously, like I said, Ryan has been part of the, uh, the contracting world. And, you know, we've all had, we get jaded, you know, as, as contractors or in the industry, you get jaded because you're dealing with high dollar, high dollar value, uh, you know, issues, high, high dollar value roofs. Um, and maybe you help them in some way get the roof paid for by their insurance company and they paid $500 deductible and now they've got a $25,000 roof. And so, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it seems like those little issues that kind of come up should be like, it's okay, you get a, a roof for basically free, um, but it still doesn't 
speak to the fact that your culture was wrong, right? Your mm-hmm. the idea that you had that you know because you were entitled, so to speak, because you got the, almost a free roof to make a few mistakes. But if you flip that around, like you were saying, and turn that into a positive um, on the back end that, hey, we took out 25,000 nails, you know, there's bound to be a few, um, let me invest a little more time and effort into that process. Um, I think the success will definitely come from it. And, and the, the truth is in the pudding, right? Because the bottom line is um, there's more contractors now, especially in the restoration industry than there's ever been. Um, and insurance companies are getting tougher and tougher to deal with. The industry as a whole is trying to shrink on itself a little bit. Um, and I think the best way to, to really separate yourself now is by doing those back end values um, versus, you know, anybody can nail a shingle. That's the bottom line. Yep. You know, um, you guys gave a tidbit out there that I think is so valuable for a salesperson or any sort of contractor service company. Right before your, well, I wouldn't say right before the job, but when you're first sitting down with that homeowner or that customer, just ask them, you know, what makes a great contractor or what's going to make this a great project for you? That customer may only have one thing that's going to make it a great project, but invite them to tell you what it is and focus on only that. If you want to, you know, and I, I feel like so many people want to go out and just as you said, Gogan, just learn, um, you know, all the different ways that they think they should be great as a contractor, but all they need to do is ask their customer what's going to make them great. Yeah. And, and it, could, it could be one thing, it could be three things, but I'll bet you it's a lot less that that individual has to focus on to make that job great now or to get that five-star review um, or, or to you know make sure that they're paid timely at the end without uh, that, that homeowner holding the, the final payment hostage over, over some nails or something in yeah. the driveway. Because that's the thing, it's, it's, it's all perception. It's all, it's all that great experience. The nails are going to be there, right. period. There's no way that you rip a, a 30, 40 square roof off and you're going to get every single nail. But just showing the initiative that you're going to go above and beyond to make sure that you've done everything that you can, that's all the, the customer cares about. It's not that, the, that, that there were nails in the, in the yard. Mm-hmm. It's how did that person take care of it. Yeah. It, it comes back to that expectations thing that we talked about at the very beginning of this conversation. And to your point there, it's, I need to set the expectations up front of what the homeowner can expect or the property owner can expect of me as a contractor. But what a great way to figure out what their expectations are with that line of questioning. You know, what's going to make this a great experience for you? And it's, well, you know, honestly, my only concern is I've got this rose bush or mm. I have this whatever, or, you know, money's a little tougher thing to talk about, but there's a lot of times where, you know, and not to plug ink, but that financing end of things is a, is a huge thing. You know, I, as a homeowner, I call and I'm like, okay, I need to get this taken care of. And I'm saying, how, where am I going to get $15,000, $20,000 to replace my roof today? Mm-hmm. And the contra- contractors, you know, and I'm like, hey, my number one fear is how in the heck am I going to afford this? Like, what can we do to patch this to get us by? Right. And having solutions and being able to communicate all of that stuff up front is, mm-hmm. like you said, it's so important and yeah. it's going to lead to those five-star reviews. And I promise you a referral lead, every contractor listening to this, I don't care what vertical you're in, a referral lead is your best lead. 
Sure. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's, it's, a, it's a lay down and, you know, you can spend so much less time chasing after those numbers if you just sit and think about how you can inflect the same or, or inflect a, a, a greater amount of, val- uh, of value in the same interaction because you're going to have that that sales conversation with your customer. You're going to talk talk to them about the project, hopefully, um, and answer some questions. You know, spend an extra 15 minutes, and that extra 15 minutes may save you hours, days of finding that next customer. Yeah, yeah. I think too, like you know, they spend. If you're a sales rep, you know, you're in a home, right? You're in someone else's domain, okay? And it's never a comfortable situation, even though, if, even if you're great at it, mm-hmm. there, there feels like there's a little animosity maybe, or, you know, they're pulling back, or maybe it's a one-legger where you've got the wife and the husband's at home or, or not at home or whatever it is. And so you're always in like a heightened sales role to continue to push product or push your, um, you know, your overall company, um, opposed to actually really being there to listen from a service standpoint, right? To serve them in that cell as well as sell, right? And so, uh, you know, you can always sell more an upgraded ridge cap or an upgraded gutter system, but, you know, is that more profitable than the next roof that you could get from really building that referral base or rebuilding that respect or that um, that feeling of service that, you're, that the client may have gotten? Um, you know, probably not. Yep. Um, so you're, you're already past that barrier, right? If you, yeah. if you're in the living room having the conversation, what do you, what do you do? And you know, if, if it's a roof, let's say for example, you know, how, how much of that roof do you really need to sell or the fact that you're a roofer, right? you know, you're already in the living room talking about a roof. Let's, let's just ask the customer, what, yeah. what do they want out of this experience? They already want a roof. Yeah. Right? You don't need to convince them that you, that they need one because you're already talking to them about it. Yeah. Just find out what they really want out of this and, you know, do your contractor stuff, I guess, secondary. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I think we're on the contractor's playbook. So I always love to bring that sports analogy in. And, you know, we're in the height of football season. And, and whether you're watching football or not, um, you know, everybody knows how it works. There's an offense, there's a defense. And I think that there's there's two types of contractors out there and sales guys out there. You're you're always the offense. You're trying to you're trying to get a contract signed. But if you're not looking at the defense that's across from you and you're just saying, you know what, we run the option or we run this play and it works. And we're just gonna continue to run that play. That's not a that's not a means for success. You have no. to you have to analyze the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to see. Okay, hey, I know that I've been in this situation before, and I know when that cornerback comes up to the line of scrimmage like this, that this is coming, and I have to be able to counteract that with my play call or with this or with that. And so, I th- like that's a huge takeaway for me is just hearing you guys talk, where it's like. You can't just go in with the same playbook and run the same plays every single time. You truly have to listen to your customers, spend time with them, and ultimately you got to try to take it from like, hey, this is a potential customer for me, and I want to turn them into a client. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that would be my f- my final takeaway of this conversation is I would challenge everybody listening, if you haven't already done this, look up the definition of customer and look up the definition of client and ask yourself as a business owner, am I looking for customers or am I looking for clients? And 
I guarantee if you went back and re-listened to this, that all three of us have used the word client numerous times because we're not there to just service and get them their garage floor coated or to service their AC unit today or to replace their roof today. We're there to be their contractor. We we want to be that expert for them. Mm -hmm. And what better to be than the expert? Like if you have to take a phone call as a salesman that Mrs. Smith calls and says, hey, you know, Ryan, you're you're the guy that replaced my roof, but I'm having some issues with my siding or my gutters or my windows or my whatever. Is that something you guys handle? I used to get that a lot. (laughs) You know, Mrs. Smith, it's not, but let me get you connected with somebody. I I appreciate you reaching out to us. I'm going to take care of you. That's a client. Right. A, yep. a customer swipes the card one time, churn burn onto the next one. Yep. And so I, I would challenge all of you to, you know, ask yourself, maybe customers is what you're chasing. But I think if you ch- start chasing clients and you want to turn these people into, you know, that, that client that's a lifelong client that's always going to turn to you as their contractor, um, you're going to be able to do what Ken said and slow down a little bit um, and start growing this machine. So. Yeah, I think I think too for for me like kind of a, a final statement would be, I heard at a, a breakout session I think it was like in uh, RoofCon, um, someone talking about always always be selling right always sell to the very end of the job that way you don't have any issues with collecting deductibles or the RCV check, and I, I think it's probably different. I'd say always be serving, right? Because if you're in service from on that client from the very beginning to the very end, um, and you're serving their needs whether they're you know, valid or invalid, but you're always there to serve them. Um, you're not going to have a problem selling. I I love that statement because I even think so, wherever I'm at, whether I'm at a restaurant, the airport, hotels, like whatever it is with a contractor, we've all been there where we make an ask and we're saying to ourselves, that's probably too big of an ask. I, I don't expect that they actually get that done for me, but it sure would be nice if. And when that actually happens and you get that service, you are ready to tell the world about that place. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I think of restaurants where I've been with my kids and I'm like, hey, you know, it's like four days after his birthday. Like, is there any way you could do something for him? And people that are like, yeah, we can bring out ice cream. Appreciate it. Yeah. Or the people that are like, yeah, let's let's really celebrate for this kid. Let's make this a big thing for him. Sure. Like, which one am I going to tell people about? Right. I appreciate both. And I appreciate them probably both equally. Like, I appreciate you doing that. I appreciate you doing that. But by golly, I'm going to tell you about the one that gave me that great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, thanks for dropping into Lincoln and seeing me. I appreciate you. Yeah, um, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, those of you listening, as always, we we love you and appreciate you. Um Ryan, Ken, Ink Payments, a lot of nuggets in this episode. Um, I think there's a lot of things that either as a business owner or even as like a salesperson or, you know, even somebody that's doing the installation, there's just a lot of nuggets that you could take from this on, you know, little things you could do in your business tomorrow to help take you guys to the next level. So appreciate you joining me. And uh, as always, appreciate you guys listening and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much. Big thank you to Ryan and Ken dropping into our company cam headquarters here. They're coming from Inc. Payments. Great stuff about the customer journey. I hope there's stuff for all of you contractors out there to take from this conversation. For Michael Gogan and myself, we will see you next time right here on the Contractor's Playbook.